What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Middle Cup! Hey, Babes! Senior Bowl. I mean, uh, Pro Bowl. I mean, uh, no, nothing. Yeah, I mean, a uh, Chipotle Bowl. I've, I've got it on mute. Has, uh, has Testator hit it with a, when we come back on, the Pro Bowl. The way he hits Monday Night Football. A little different energy to the Pro Bowl. Where, you know what, right now, if you told me where is this game, I think it's in Miami, but I'm not sure. I just see it raining. It kind of looks like it might be Miami, but I don't know where this game is. I thought this whole week was in Orlando. Now, what is the stadium in Orlando? I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure they're in Orlando. Good call. It's probably the Wide World of Disney Stadium or whatever that is. It's yeah. It's the stadium where uh, the game is typically like Michigan versus South Carolina or Wisconsin versus South Carolina. Remember the hit Clowney had on the Michigan running back. His yes. sophomore year that yes. went viral. That happened at this place. Is that Camping World? Is that what that bowl game is? Yeah, uh, yeah. it's just the SEC versus the big... I just know the matchups and the stadium because it does look somewhat uh, familiar. Did the... Uh, so, did, I'm watching this. Did the Rams do their send-off from the site of their upcoming stadium? That is another good question. I like. know that Brady went pretty viral this morning. They definitely did it from Gillette. Well, the stadium were, was... Did you see how many people were there, guy? Oh, my God. Uh, that was... I, I was thinking this morning, like, listen, the Bay Area, you know, Northern California in general is a really good sports area, right? Anyone that's grown up, especially the Giants and the 49ers, have been just fucking powerhouse brands. And the Warriors... I heard, Tolbert had a good point. I was driving, picking up something the other day. He's like, if you look back especially the last, like, 30 years, the Warriors turned into, like, the Patriots overnight. It's not like there was a gradual. Like, it happened pretty fast. This is not normal in sports, right? Like, it took the Yankees a while, the Cowboys. Like, it's usually a a gradual period of time, not just something that, like, you go from super, super shitty. It'd be like the Browns rattling off, like, three championships in the next, like, five years. Yeah? It's not normal. Right. Like, we know they had a good fan base. What year? We know there's a lot of people here. Belichick's first Super Bowl, what, how many years had he been in New England? 
too, but but they had been good with like Parcells. Yeah. Like they had been in the Super Bowl five four years before and beat you know and played uh, Brett Favre. Right. Like they had Willie McGinnis, Drew Bledsoe. Like they were they weren't anywhere near what they've become, but they had been good. Yeah, they had Bill, Bill Parcells was their coach guy. Right. You know, for a pretty and Belichick was their assistant. So at least one of the years. But I, I but I guess my ultimate point was. Is Boston the best sports city in America? Because we were talking about like the radio ratings. I mean, they got two radio yeah, stations I, that basically do ten shares each. I think it's it it, it even when no one's winning championships, it's got a, it's got a chance to be. And now ev- everybody there, they've had this run of everybody winning championships. Are they better than us? I guess that's what I'm saying. But in that regard, absolutely. Just like the yeah. amount of people that care at, at on one to ten scale at like an eight plus, they have more people that care at an eight plus. On a 10 scale, you know, on a given year, I think we got as many people that could care, but not all the time do care at that level. Like not, you know, we got a bunch of people that are like a four all the time. Like, oh, that's cool. And they could get to an eight given the circumstances, but they're just constantly at an eight. <laughs> yeah, it's it's incredible. I'm jealous. Turn to 11 or what? Turn to 12 or whatever. <laughs> they, they can turn that shit up. Fast. Now we can turn now, it up to 12 too, but well, it's yeah, just, you know, it's let's not pretend like it's. We're, we're, yeah. we got a longer way to go to get to 12. But, yeah. I mean, you think about like the first Giants parade, parade right? But I, but I do think a better example is that we can turn it up fast, right? I saw it with the Niners, you know, dominance for 20 years, and then the, what Harbaugh, the emotion that he brought out in people. Like, it was like, damn. They went from zero to 100 overnight. But... but I do think their standard there, and this is what pisses me off about the San Francisco Giants, they wouldn't allow this to happen. Like, it just, we don't do a lot of negativity. We'll just tune you out. We'll just go do something else. They're, they'll live in it. And I, I saw it in Philly's the same way. Like, you you can do enormous ratings and just people give a shit for real shitty because they just, they, they, they actually kind of like it, but they don't. You know, it's weird. We don't. Like, the Giants suck now. They're gonna if they if they have a seventy win team this year, there are gonna be some nights in like June and July you turn on the TV and it looks really fucking empty, and they deserve that because but, but, it shouldn't but, be tolerated. Yeah, but uh, see, they they to me are not a like to me it's not about toleration with them because they spend a lot of money. Like they are they've spent money on their roster. They're to me they're not not trying, and then they just totally they just hired a new like they just hired. They just hired I'm the guy from the dot. So, I'm just so saying, to me, like, it's people... like it's not about tolerating. I just think it's it's uh, uh, it's just the nature of where they are. Like it it it's the nature of them being here. Period. Like it happened to the 49ers too. You know, I'm, but I, I, I agree do, with I, your premise. I, being bad here doesn't rate like being bad in other places that care more. I, I would say that football is probably our one sport, and the 49ers. We're being bad. Like people still do care a lot. Like it's maybe just the nature of baseball in 2019. Yeah. Right. Well, and to me, I I don't it, see. I think like when the Giants were bad uh, in other decades, I think it they were sparsely populated. I just think you're probably right about football. Just unique. It's you don't have to invest as much time. But I think it's just. I think any market probably, if you're a championship level team, can turn it up to 12. It's just in the Northeast, they're just at eight all the time. For bad, any, for any big market for sure. Bay Area. But I bet if like the Suns were a championship level team, all of a sudden you'd be like, God, Phoenix is 
Like, I remember going to Vegas when the hockey team was good this year. It was like, oh, Vegas is all in. And it was true. Like, Vegas was all in on the hockey team. Well, look at the Arizona Cardinals three years ago with Arians. That place was rocking when they were good. Yeah. So, yeah, Uh, that's fair. People, is it fair to say people like winners? (laughs) Yeah. People also like Sherry's Berries, John, because Valentine's Day is around the corner. And right after that, Mother's Day, too. We've been... We go back to our terrestrial radio days with Sherry's Berries, John. Berries. I think I think you profited off that one. I might have just been along for the ride. You weren't in on that. I don't remember getting anything though. No. Oh. I would have been hey, been finagling behind the scenes, but hey, you live and you learn. <laughs> Things just came to me. I'd been around, you know. Yeah, uh, you know, you you earned it. I, so I can't get too mad. It's been a lot of nights talking A's, John. You deserve, you deserve that extra little pay bump. Uh, berries.com, B-E-R-R-I-E-S. Not like I had to work on Sundays for Raiders and you got the day off. But hey, you, <laughs> you know, didn't get anything I, for that? There wasn't any uh, Raiders uh, post-pre-sponsorship uh, Yeah, I don't deal? think I got paid anything extra for that. Oh. <laughs> but, you know, you live and you learn, guy. You live and you learn. You didn't get paid an opportunity? Berries.com, B-E-R-R-I-E-S.com. Click on the microphone, then use the promo code HAM. Sherry's Berries is where it's at. Well, I know this. I've got these before. I've sent them out last year. They are legit. I mean, I, I'm a sucker for the white chocolate ones. The white chocolate ones with like uh, the little tiny chocolate chips. Ugh. Yeah. Melt in your mouth. Berries.com. Promo code HAM. Nineteen ninety nine. And then you can add the roses for another nineteen ninety nine at no extra charge uh, on the shipping. Uh, get get in front of this thing early. I had not thought about uh, Valentine's Day or even Mother's Day coming up until now. Sherry's Berries makes it easy for you. Berries, B-E-R-R-I-E-S.com. Click on the microphone, promo code HAM. And podcast brought to you by MyBookie. John, MyBookie. Use the promo code HAM at MyBookie.ag. And uh, this is the week to do it. Super Bowl week, man. All the props we've been talking about, we'll, we'll talk about them coming up. Uh, MyBookie will match that first deposit 50%. Uh, right now the line still at two and a half. I'm sure we might see a little action there. The game last night, the Warriors, uh, it was kind of crazy. They were only it opened at two points. I think it ended at, at four. They were getting four points on the road. Anytime you get the Warriors as a dog in a game that you think they might give a shit about, that's a good bet. So before we start jumping into things, can we hit two things quickly? Helmet stickers and Fire Festival. <laughs> Guy hit, hit hit me with them. So I finally watched the the Netflix Fire Festival podcast on I mean uh, documentary on Friday night. So I'm really excited to talk about it with you. Uh, my, fir- my one thing I took away watching it was there's the one guy, the Asian guy, as they're going through the sequence of what happened when they all arrived and then the sun went down. <laughs> the sun went down and everybody there were no more friends. When they arrived to the party. When they arrived to the party after they'd held them for five hours at the restaurant on the water, they arrived to the The, the, the restaurant on the water looked pretty cool. No doubt. They arrived to the campsite, and everyone's got to get their tent. The, the, the guy that I don't think has gotten, you didn't tell me, but no one told me about the guy who didn't want neighbors, so he started cutting up tents next to his, and they all started peeing on the mattresses. Like that guy's that if I, that guy worked for me right now today, I would audit everything he's done. I'd have some questions about his character. That's insane. I look, nobody wants neighbors. I get it. Nobody talks to neighbors anymore. My our neighbor Josh knocked on my door the other day. I was like, you know, I don't think anyone's just knocked on my door since I was nine. Just like, hey, you want to come out and play? Like that doesn't. Ha- I don't know if your neighbor uh, just knocks on your door anymore. You just like, well, you, why didn't you call? How do you know I'm not underappreciated way of interaction? Like for kids that like '80s babies, like your buddy might just show up in '93, like knock, knock, knock. Hey, can John play? And then your parents are like, yeah, 
Go play. Here's a go play go. basketball. Right, but no one knocks on doors anymore. So I get it. Nobody wants neighbors. Fine, but dude, you can't just start peeing on mattresses and cutting up tents. That's that's maniacal. That's insane. That I guy's insane. That's a big time scumbag. I, I I would say this. Never been to a music festival. No people that have been to music festivals, and I think I got a good pulse because I spent a lot of time at Cal Poly around music festival guy. Like I ended up hanging around with a lot of those people and it showed like i'm not like that at all i do think you just get crazy shit like you sign up for one of these things that are drug and alcohol induced like you get that guy and that, there's a chance that guy which is kind of crazy that he went on camera because there's a decent chance he's like went to nyu right and has like a high level job because just the buy-in to go to this party most of these people i saw someone tweet one of the barstool guys tweeted like Francis, he's like their comedian. He's a Harvard grad. Yeah. And he's like, I follow a lot of the people that went to this. Like a lot of these people are probably Ivy League rich people, you know, that just went on because it's I, I think this was more of an East Coast deal than a West Coast deal. Cause I, I think it kind of feels like people, me, you, whoever, not that we you and I would have gone, but we would have known more about it. like it, it felt like it was a bigger deal and back on those social circles. Mm-hmm. You agree? I would agree, yep. So I I just think when you sign up, you get weird shit happening with that type guy. I don't think it's as crazy as you. And he might not be quite as maniacal as you think. Because he's probably on ecstasy, cocaine, and a lot of alcohol. Yeah, I mean, you're probably right about that. But to me, there is like that's there is a line. Was he was he taking a knife or something and cutting the things too, or you know, just peeing in them? I well, he was definitely cutting up the tents. He was cutting the tents so people so they'd be unusable tents. Well, they weren't even waterproof, right? <laughs> Which is crazy because I thought they were from like uh, disaster relief. Yeah, FEMA. leftover disaster relief tents. Uh, who was your favorite? Did you have a favorite person? Yeah, uh, to hear I, I from? just think I'm fat. I'm just absolutely fascinated by Billy McFarland. Okay. Besides Billy, but I mean, I'm with you on Billy. Was there like another? I'll tell you. I'll tell you if you're thinking about it. I love the guy, the finance guy who was there, like interviewing him in his apartment, who like started the Twitter page to expose it and didn't get any likes. He. What I liked about him was he clearly identified the issue. He like found out, you know, he found the map that made it look like it was. Was he a finance guy or or was he he like, I don't know. Because I have this feel that he got fucked by Billy somehow and that's why he was making his personal bandana to come out. Yeah, but I think he was a, maybe he'd been in business with him. Whatever his deal was, I thought he was a finance. He clearly had money because he also had time to spend on this um, and he wanted to take him down. I loved how matter of fact he was about taking him down. But also how he could see—he saw the humor and all the stupidity of it too. Like he was see, the guy that predicted in twelve years Billy's going to have another scam. Can <laughs> I can I come with laughing. a hot take on that guy? Yeah, I think he's kind of a loser. Like, wh- why do you spend? And again, like his heart's in the right place. Vendetta. He's got a like you said. He's got yeah, a vendetta. But like he, to me, he kind of reminds me of bring up old tweets guy. Like what you got? To, what the fuck are you doing? Like let the people live and learn and get fucked. With, like, why are you even getting involved? Because he's got an issue with, he obviously had an issue with Billy. He knows Billy in a way that everyone else getting tricked by this guy. He knows this guy's a fraud. Was there, was there a chance that he was part of the black card club and got screwed? Absolutely. Maybe he said that on there. Definitely. That chance existed. I just That's appreciated his like. energy level. Like I just imagine that guy with a real job with other things to do up at 3 a.m., scanning like map photos to expose Billy and that I appreciated that I also liked the guy who was the fat guy who was like Billy's number two like Jonah Jonah Hill looking yeah. dude who was always just like stressed 
And then Ja Rule. My favorite part was, I think my favorite part might have been Ja in the meeting, the post-mortem going. Someone like, that's fraud. Ja's like, it's not fraud. Uh, it's false advertising. <laughs> Is false advertising illegal? I don't know what's illegal and what's not illegal, but I, I think Jaw was uh, was a little mistaken. I, I think it was fraud. I, I do too. And how about this? Jaw Rule has been to jail for fraud, tax evasion. You know, so it's like, hey, Ja, you, th- that guy for sure. I, there was, uh, what do you think of the fuck Jerry people just in general? Fuck Jerry just in general, The whole their whole kind of deal. I can't say that I know a ton about them. Uh, or like what they're operating? Are they a marketing company? Is that what they are? Well, I think he he's one of the original big big like meme guys on Instagram. Right. I watched a Netflix documentary on just memes or something, and it a lot was about fuck Jerry because he got really big, and then he started a media company, and obviously they were helping because you know I, I think music festivals and stuff use them because they're really good at just kind of uh grassroots is the wrong word, but the modern day grassroots of what it is now on social media, they're just good with that shit. So they played a role and it's kind of like how big of a role did they play in also fucking people. Now, clearly they were getting fucked. What I don't stand as someone that does business on a much lower level than like some of these numbers they were throwing out. Like if someone owes you a million dollars or $5 million, and I think you saw this, why a lot of acts pulled out, now, again, if someone tells you, hey, guy, John, we can put your podcast on a platform, we'll, it, it'll be able to make a million dollars a quarter or so, just something kind of outrageous. We'd be like, well, you'd listen. But your your shit detector in life now should just go off. Now, it always should, but some people just get duped. But eventually you're just like, okay, where is the money? Well, right, right like the bearded guy who was trying to tell, saying, telling us how he was trying to tell everybody what a disaster was going to be. He was only in it because he wanted, on the off chance that he gets the other 70% of the money that he's owed, right? That's why he wrote the thing out. I, I, I do think, like, was it, yeah, it was Kendall. She got $250,000 for a post. I also think it puts into light, I don't think people quite realize this, how much some of these quote-unquote influences, influencers truly make off posts like what Kendall's market value is just even separate from the fire or whatever like it's not a bad investment either like she does have power like you talk about direct to consumer right I think in the Hulu doc they talk a little bit more about that like it is no one ever feels when you do pay them it shit they do whoever the major powerful like if you wanted LeBron to tweet about something or Kendall it does work more than like it's probably the greatest, most powerful marketing we've truly ever had because it literally is boom right to you. Yeah. And, you know, if you're following her more than likely, like, you know exactly what they like. Right. And I think that's why Kendall, for example, and her sister are fucking crushing it. Yeah, it was. So I give Billy he, he did get how to market the bad boy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he got people he just, to give him He just money. ran to me a modern day on a much, much lower level than like he's kind of like a Bernie Madoff type. I, I also think like six years for that much money, once you get into $25 plus million dollar scheme, like that's that's I, not, that's crazy. Can somebody listen to this tell me who Corolla is? Like I want to know, about, I started trying to Google her. I can't find out where her money comes from, who she is, what her last name is. I think they talk about in the Hulu document, they do? Okay. documentary, she was like uh 
I just she want married to, I want into a super details. rich family that venture capitalists they invest. Yeah. I just want I want some details on Corolla. Um, she liked Billy. Like he kind of just she yeah, bought well, it. Here's one shit. thing I know. When Billy McFarlane gets out of prison, he is going to run another Ponzi scam, whatever you want to call it. It's happening, right? Well, it's the, it's it the might be only way he knows prison. how to make money, guy. It might happen from jail. He might be he might run one in jail. To do what? I don't know. I, I think one of the more jaw-dropping moments in documentary history is when the guy said he was prepared to go suck the guy's dick for the for the water. Well, he's like, like that. I, I that that pay- was as powerful and as eye-opening a moment in uh, documentary history. Yeah. He's like, I went to I went to take a shower and, and wash my mouth out with mouthwash, and in my head, in that moment, I'm going, "Oh man, he really felt offended by it." I was like, "No, that's actually not." I thought he went to go shower to like. He was so shame. He was so ashamed. Why does that guy like Billy so much? Great question, John. Believes in the true genius. Um, well, here's but like you said for Billy, there is first off, he's not going to be able to get a regular job. He will not be able to get a job that pays him even just like a normal livable wage. So he clearly loves like his whole mindset is about the cash and the power. The only way to do that is to scheme again. He one million percent. We'll do it just because that'll be the only way for him to survive. Like he is not going to be a janitor at some elementary school. Like he's that's not it's not possible. I, I, I'm a big believer in this is you know just in general like rehabilitation just for more sick stuff like murder or pedophilia. Like like there is no rehabilitation on a different level because this is not like harming someone physically, but it is financially. Like that's the only way. Like you don't re- rehabilitate that. Because that's the way just his mind works. Yeah. And it's, it shows you also, like, most criminals, like high-level criminals, are smart. Like, they are much smarter well, than have me. Well, you, have you watched the Ted Bundy uh, doc on the lost Ted Bundy tapes on Netflix? I have not, no, but no. I watched the preview for it. And you watch it, and you go, this guy is a G. <laughs> like, he is really bright, really sharp, really charming. Because then there's a doc, and then there's uh, Zach Efron plays him in a movie coming up. Or maybe it's out already. I don't know. I well, I saw the picture. They're like, God, Zach looks kind of creepy and looks like him. I, I do think that's a huge element is to be a great criminal or a serial killer or whatever and function in society. You like you can't be a total weirdo because then people red flag you much earlier. That's when you see, do have a charm to you. People are like, God, I like this guy. That's interesting, and I you're right because everyone are. This is the disconnect for me watching the the fire documentary. It's like everybody, clearly there's really bright people here, right, that all got fooled by Billy McFarlane. So it's easy for me to say, hindsight, I'm watching a documentary about what a fraud he is. But he does seem to me just to have some real base. I'm no body language expert. We talk about this. But some basic just expressions and characteristics of just a flat liar. Like he does some, his facial, he's got some things going on in his face as he talks and as he interacts that to me seem like, obvious red flags but again it's obvious because i'm sitting on the couch watching a documentary about what a fraud he is maybe but there's something to him uh that like i i don't see the charisma that everybody's talking about i see something else but again i I do i i I do think though like you said you're coming a little bit helicopter parent sure and also when you're around a guy that starts you know if you're a single guy 30 and you do two things with him he makes you money again in theory, and a lot of the, the money's big, and he's also getting you laid. I think you look past the other stuff. I think yeah. that's a big element. He's sure. bringing women to the table, and he's bringing 
business. Again, in theory, the business, but the women are there. So that gets a lot of men over the history of time to just overlook some character flaws. All right. Uh, yeah, no. I, I just, as we were talking, I looked up. The NFC ran a fake punt. Yeah. Zeke was the personal protector. Absolutely nobody wanted any part of tackling him. I mean, the tackling in this game, this is an all-time joke. I just saw I'm Jason, the channel. Jason Garrett throw a, throw a challenge flag, and somebody just ran a uh, double pass that, I don't know, was it Adam Thielen who threw it? It was absolutely a horrific pass. I, I I changed the channel on that play alone. Like I'm this sorry. is not for those of you listening to this podcast. I'm sorry you're hearing us talk about the Pro Bowl. Well, do you agree? Like double pass, just crazy plays aren't as fun if no one's really trying. It doesn't the crispness. It's just also that just the didn't look in the as, rain, which hurts. That hurts for sure. Uh, all right, John. It's Super Bowl week. This is the week of some of the worst terrestrial radio in America. Oh. where they put 900 guests on and think that you want to listen to that. I think it's terrible radio. Um, people people listen to terrestrial radio besides out of Boston anymore? Uh, <laughs> we'll find out. I mean, uh, uh, people put a lot of money into the Super Bowl, John. Radio stations put a lot of money in. I, I, I'm not just – I said it. I've, I said this on the air, I think, when we were doing it. I don't think this is good content. I don't think this serves the listener. But everyone is going to do it this week. Put on from, your polo, uh, guy. From Atlanta. Put on the polo. God, we that created Inside joke when Haberman refused to do a polo. <laughs> Me we too. Told, we've told that story. Yeah. And Greg Papa once famously told the boss to get the fuck out of his face. It was legendary. There, there was, Yeah, there was a company polo, but not everyone had to wear it. We were asked to wear it, and uh, we didn't, and then somebody got mad, and then did we end up wearing it? We ended up wearing it thinking, why are we fighting this battle? We, we were malcontents, <laughs> but in fairness, we didn't work for anyone that you know we would hire to walk our dog. So well, it, we it did was just it was a hard time, balance, but not at this particular point in time. Yeah, yeah. Hard Earlier balance. we did. Uh, anyway, so one of the stories this week, as always, I, I feel like because the Rams have been such a great story and McVeigh's been such a great story, the fact that Tom Brady's in another Super Bowl has almost been a little under the not under the radar is not the word, but it, it hasn't gotten the play that it normally gets because it's so obvious that Tom is back and people are almost tired of it, which is insane because he's so great. And then Tom says there's no chance he retires. If, if I how many years out would I have to say Tom is in another Super Bowl before you went, ah, you know, I have a hard time with that. Like if I said Tom Brady's in another Super Bowl in 2022, we're talking about Brady in a Super Bowl. Are you having a little bit of difficulty with that one? I, I think there's a group of people. Jordan, I think we saw it with Manning. Uh, I think we saw it with Favre. You got to fucking drag him off. Like Manning couldn't throw. He could not throw an out route. And even remember that offseason, it was like, God, Elway's basically going to, they're going to cut him. And you, he did not want to come out and confirm it. Remember, it was like, is he really going to retire? Like, could he play one more season? He did not want to go. Kobe was so fucking shot that still the greatest last game, I think, of all time. We both agree oh, it's God. one of the great televisions, Ugh. you know, experience, you know, just 22 hours I've ever watched. Definitely the second half. But he was shot like he, he had the worst shooting season of it. He had to be told he had to quit. He knew it. Like Brady's still way too good. If any of those guys, Michael, Tom, uh, Michael, Favre, Kobe, Manning, just using that little group, there's probably others. Were that good <laughs> in Tom's? Is there any chance any of them would have tapped out? Any? No. Zero. 
zero. I, I just think it's it's not too easy because like that game was so hard. But I think he values like he's seen the other side now, right? His rival. I think the most unique thing about Brady's career is like Magic and Bird's career. They just kind of paralleled each other. Now Magic held it along for a little longer because Bird's back went or whatever. But they just kind of both ended at a similar time. It just ends, right? Kind of together. Like, Brady had a contemporary. They little literally p- paralleled each other for like 15 solid years. Played each other, it felt like, twice a year for 10 years. In the playoffs and in the regular season, even though they weren't in the same division. And then fucking Peyton's been disappeared now for like four years. And Tom is just, like, it's crazy. Like, is he going to have a new rivalry? Well, it's a, yeah, is it like Pat Mahomes? Yeah, or is luck, Pat, is Pat, you know, or luck again. I mean, the, the, the thing that's interesting is that Peyton is what six, seven months older than Tom, right? So Tom right now is forty-one. He'll be forty-two in August. Peyton's last year, he was thirty-nine. So Tom's two years older now than Peyton was in Peyton's last year. Oh yeah, so you're saying Peyton's last year, he was thirty-seven. No, no, no. Peyton's last year, he was 39. At the time, oh, Tom was 38. Gotcha. I'm just saying, like, today, Tom has already exceeded Peyton's career. Peyton's last year And really, year was Peyton's last... He was, his 39 year was terrible, right? And it was, 20, it was the 2015 season. We just finished the 2018 season. So it's three seasons beyond Peyton. And he was good in 24... He wasn't good that year. Like, he was good the year before, right? Yeah. So, like... He, he his his last good season was thirty eight. Well, and, and he was and he came into the league earlier than Tom, so we could. I mean, Tom conceivably could be playing. It's I would say it's, it's likely that Tom is still in the league when Peyton's in the Hall of Fame. Well, he's going to be a first balloter, so this was year two. Yeah, three more years. Like, do we see? Was it last week that they agreed with Vinatieri, and it was just it's weird when you see it written out like. 46-year-old Adam Vinatieri has re-signed for one year. Do we see Tom Brady playing at 46 years old? Like, is there another, let's say this season, Belichick uses one of the second-round picks on one of these cats that I'm sure will, you know, Drew Locke, let's just throw uh, Will Greer, whatever, finds his next Jimmy Garoppolo. Does that Jimmy get phased out? <laughs> like, does does he last through another Jimmy? Like a, a second-rounder on a four-year deal. It's not inconceivable because, well, again, he showed zero signs of really slowing down in big games. I It felt like... But, John, playing for the Patriots or just playing, right? Is, is Tom going to, when his Patriots career is over, stop playing? Uh, yeah, I, it's hard for me to see him play for another team because now he's at the point... Like, Peyton kind of transitioned mid-30s. Like, once you get to Tom and Kobe was kind of like this, you're just kind of all in. And the owner fucking as long as long as Robert's alive, if Robert were to die, let's just say Robert uh, passed away this offseason. Again, that's weird to even say. I don't don't want that to happen. Israeli football league. Yeah, so he's just gone. Like Jonathan, maybe Belichick could talk him into it. You know, I I don't know. But think about it. You don't have to, right? Because from the point in time that you draft your next guy, you you've got like four years. Right, like you could conceivably draft a guy and just sit on him until, you know, in your mind, like okay, even if Tom plays three more years, I'm okay with this guy being the second round pick 
being Tom's backup for three more years. You don't you don't really have to do anything. Well, this year they were 100% right, not equipped for Tom to go down. Like they, they had, they were just in a transitional period where they were kind of just stuck with Hoyer, right? They did not have a backup. Like, I mean, he was a backup, but they can't, you can't win with Brian Hoyer. Now, maybe they could figure out a win a game or two, but like they would not be in the Super Bowl if Tom Brady had broke his leg in December. You agree with that? Yeah. Like they don't go into Kansas City and win with Brian Hoyer. Hell, there's no lock they beat San Diego, but you probably think they do, but you never know. I'm just like, saying, if point, they draft Drew Lock in the second round, he doesn't have to play for three years. Like they could, you know what I mean? Like, but, it, but it doesn't you, you necessarily. Think Tom's still going strong three more years. Like eventually. No, well, I don't know. I'm just saying, drafting. A, now we're at the point where he's old enough, where you think just because they draft a quarterback doesn't mean they're phasing him out because we're just, you know, we're just looking so far out. Like Drew Lock can be his backup if he's still going strong at 44. He'll be 42 this year. He'll be 43 the next year. He'll be 44 the following year. Whoever your quarterback is, like... I, I would say the one thing for Jimmy, so even if Robert was like, there's no way we're getting rid of Tom in the peak of his powers, right? He had just... I guess Jimmy was gone last year when he threw 500 yards, but the year before, they had just won the Super Bowl. They had just beat... Who did they even beat? Was it? Oh, Atlanta. So he had just won the Super Bowl. You're like, well, Jimmy's going into his final year. What are we going to do? They were kind of in a weird spot, but he was still 40 in the peak of his powers, if, you, if you're in that same situation, let's say in three years, like to me, 40, I guess you could sell it because like 44 would be a different like he's 40 fucking four years old. For, for sure. For sure. I'm just saying you like uh, uh, my point is drafting a guy at this point now, given what you just said, doesn't push him out because you can afford to sit on the guy. Like if Tom plays two more years after this year, OK, two more years after this year will be Jimmy Garoppolo's seventh and eighth. Like he'll be going into his eighth year in the league. That'd be pretty impressive if you drafted his heir apparent seven years before Tom was done. But now this guy that follows him only you don't need him to go seven years. You just need him to go three years and then you're ready for the. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was three years. Brett's backup. So now we're at the point where the next guy they draft could be the next quarterback, but he's still he's going to be under contract long enough that you don't have. to. There, there, I think out. the question would be because all like the the Aaron situation, like Brett had been slipping. Right. Like, what happens if Tom has a year where they go 8-8 eight and eight and he's really shitty, you know? Yeah. Like, the Broncos did get lucky, right? The year Peyton fell off a fucking cliff, their team was incredible. They had the best defense in the league. Like, that would... The Patriots aren't really built like that. But they are built here's around the thing. Tom. As it turns out, if Peyton could have just been solid, they'd have been better off with him still being around. The next guy they had wasn't better than a sol- now Peyton wasn't solid anymore. Like they had to move on. But I'm just saying, like, is Tom going to be less sure. than Tom, or is he going to be Peyton? Because Does Peyton's- Guy Haberman think that Tom Brady wears another uniform in his life. I have thought that for a long time because I felt like what you just said is going to be the case. Right? Is he going to go full Peyton Manning like that last year? You're not playing for anybody else. But if he's an eight and eight quarterback, eight and eight quarterbacks still have a home in the NFL. Um, Would he ever be a backup for you? No. You don't think so? No. Just loving it. Like to be Jimmy's to me, backup. The only way he's a backup is like the season starts. He's the starter. He misses a game. They find it like the way the Osweiler situation occurred. The other guy's just better, more ready, and Tom never gets back on the field, and that's it. But I feel like he would still come back the next year, try and beat that guy out. If he doesn't beat him out, then it would be like a September retirement. To me, he's at the point, I, I hope to God, that he doesn't have a Jordan Wizards moment. Like just, you know, plays one year for the Jaguars or the Dolphins or the 
Arizona Cardinals. Like that that would like he would have jumped the shark in terms of like his greatness is so great that I hope he doesn't go out like that. But I do think just his competitiveness you can't discount it. Yeah. You know, cuz yeah. he would he's the all-time chip on his shoulder fuck you moment and if they were to ever let's say cut him and again I I can't see a scenario if Robert's alive them cutting him. No, you agree I, there? I yeah, I don't think they would cut him. I don't think he could. I, I I have a hard time with every one of these wins. Uh, like just watching some of the mic'd up stuff from their win in Kansas City, it does feel like I think Brady would tell you probably one of his favorite wins ever. Like and and just gonna be natural. The older he gets, he'd probably tell you ten years ago I wasn't even thinking like that. Right? I just I'm, we're gonna be here forever. Like that's a little bit of a reflection win, right? Yeah on the road, AFC championship, to beat Mahomes, who then he kind of goes like, remember when Duncan, they swept LeBron, and he went into the locker room, and he like grabs him, he's like, this is about to be your league. And he was kind of right. <laughs> like, Brady did that. Like, he's doing all that type shit. You know? But he's still, like, kind of better than, like, he was better than Mahomes in the game. So, you go, I, I with every one of these wins, every one of these Super Bowl, I have a, I would put it a tiny, tiny percent that he does not end his career with the Patriots. But he's wired like a nut job, so you can't ever discount. Like, he ain't going to go quietly. I've got a Brady warning here before we move on to Gruden and Shanahan. But before we get to that, John, let's just tell the people about Sherry's Berries. Great to have Sherry's Berries back on the podcast because uh, Valentine's Day is coming up quickly, very quickly, in fact. And uh, Sherry's Berries is the way to uh, deliver. We both did it last year at berries.com um, for mom. She loved them. I had some delivered. We actually got some ourselves. I loved them. I shared them with our neighbor. They loved them. Um, so right now, you go to berries.com. Don't procrastinate. Jump on it right the second while you're listening to this podcast. Get it done with. Go to B-E-R-R-I-E-S.com. Click the microphone. Enter the promo code HAM. Uh, this is a high-level product, John. Well, it, it is because you can't go wrong because they give you like an assortment of milk, dark, white, uh, you can get individual ones. She'll fall in love with every bite, and don't get me wrong, you'll be eating some of them too. Uh, just the, the toppings, chocolate chips, uh, some sprinkles. They're always fresh. <laughs> Strawberry, God, they melt in your mouth. I'm, I'm going to order some when I get off this podcast. Again, what? Valentine's Day, guys, right around the corner. You married men, you singled men. You just send them to your mom. I mean, come on, men. That's a good get to work. That's a good call. They ship nationally, so you can give something sweet long distance. Makes it easy. You don't have to buy it, then ship it yourself. You just go with the uh, the Sherry's Berries, one hundred percent guarantee that they'll arrive fresh. The milk, the dark, the white chocolatey goodness. It's all fantastic. So here's what you do to make Valentine's Day really special. It's just nineteen ninety nine plus shipping and handling, and you can add a dozen red roses for just nineteen ninety nine more. Ship with your Sherry's Berries at no extra charge. Go to berries.com, B-E-R-R-I-E-S.com. Click on the microphone. Enter the promo code HAM at checkout. Again, B-E-R-R-I-E-S.com. Click on the microphone. Promo code HAM. Order today. Last thing on Tom, I mean, we'll talk about it more, but my one thought is if some way, if somehow the Rams win the Super Bowl, and the Patriots don't look good. Let's say Brady doesn't look good. Let's say he doesn't have a good game. Let's say two interceptions, no touchdowns. There will be a lot of, was that the final chapter of Tom Brady? And I'm just prepping myself. If that were to occur, 
a week from from Monday, I'm going to say no because we've seen too many final chapters that haven't been the final chapters. He's been too good this year. One game, if it's bad, it's not going to it's not going to be the precursor of uh, impending doom. If anything, it would might make him better coming back next season. Well, you know the crazy part about their loss to Philly was he threw for 500 fucking yards. I'm pretty sure it was a Super Bowl record, right? In the loss, he was awesome. He was great. Yeah. And their defense, like the one thing you'd say for the last couple of years, like Philly's defense is good. You know, the the knock would be, yeah, he went into Kansas City. Their defense was atrocious. Like when he threw 500 yards in the Super Bowl in a game that you just won. God, this guy's incredible. Like that was 12 months ago, literally 12 months ago. Like, and he's, I, I, did you say a down season? I, I just felt like he, it was a weird season for him. But it was a winning season. Yeah. All that matters is they're here. They're kind of like the closest thing to an NBA team. Like no other NFL team gets to not coast. But just think playoffs in September like they do, right? Like, I need to be ready. We need to make sure Gronk's healthy. Like, they think about shit differently than every other team. I mean, hell, the Niners are just trying to get out of September with a 2-2 two and two record, right? Well, yeah, let's talk about the Niners. The Niners are trying to not be back in the Senior Bowl. That was, uh, that was uh, uh, Kyle Shanahan's quote. I just don't want to be. My goal is to not be back here, which... Should also be Gruden's quote. The same applies to the Raiders handing out helmet stickers like their candy covering up logo, covering up the UC. It's one thing to put a helmet sticker on the Michigan logo, but to cover up both UC Davis logos. When I saw that, it it actually kind of bothered me because I'm like, I I know what a big deal that is to UC. You're Davis. a hater. I am. You like get smaller stickers. That was your suggestion. Put the stickers all over. Guys share stickers, but don't. Co- I think it's disrespectful to cover up a team's logo with your logo, especially when it's a college. And it's both sides of the guy's helmet. And I don't know when the last, how many UC Davis guys have been in the Senior Bowl or any one other player, pro- one player drafted since two thousand one or on a Mayo Joe any other program. Like I, I think it, I think it was, and I know they don't mean it this way, but I think it was a little disrespectful. Put it on the back, put it on the front, put it on the side. If you want to cover one logo, leave the other side uncovered. But I, I it did bother me. I thought it was disrespectful. I did. I, I mean, I really did. off the top rope. They think I'm a Raider hater. It, it, did it not bother you? It bo- I mean, what you, did what? you didn't think that? I didn't quite understand what was going on, and then people were tweeting, like, they're basically, you know, like Ohio State or whatever, colleges give you the stickers. But you're right. I mean, they should have just printed smaller ones. Like, for, for I think for the UC Davis guy, for specific example, like, that's a really big deal for that program to be represented in that game, right? That dude playing on a field with Gruden, Kyle, he's clearly going to get drafted high. That's a big deal. Now, I, their heart was in the right place. It did look kind of stupid. I, I didn't get, like, I didn't think anything of it, but I, I'm with you. Like, covering up the UC Davis logo, like, that's kind of bullshit. But again, like, you should have just got smaller fucking deals. I, I get what they were trying to do. They were trying to make a collegiate, know, make it yeah, fun. Yeah, I know. Kyle could have given it a two shits less, right? He, he wasn't doing well, that's that. that's the other thing. It's like, you're handing out stick like, both teams. You're handing out stickers, like, you hand out a Patriot sticker or a Ram sticker. They're the ones in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, it's like, hey, you guys, here's a sticker. I know, I know. One time, but again, it's, you I know, know I sound like a hater, but, but I don't care if it was the Cowboys coach in that game and they're putting stars, it would bug me. You Put it wherever you want. Don't cover up the logo where this guy just spent however many years working for a program that it, it's a big deal that he's in this game. Like, they want a photo of him in this game, in the Senior Bowl jersey, and their logo is going to be covered up? Anyway, Sorry. that's not what this is about. Um Kyle Shanahan said, I can't come back here. The last time a Niners coach coached this game, he coached it the next year. 
Mike Nolan yeah. coached it in 07 and then was back in 08. It turned out Mike Nolan, would you? I mean, just an all-time bad head coach. Neither one of these guys can be back here. In 2020. Yeah, within the next five years. Like, if you're eight years and you cycled off your conference championships and it's time to find some new talent, fine. But, like, how is it going well for either one of these teams if either one of these guys coaches this game again in the next five years like it means it's going badly I, I I do think like for the Niners they have they 100% if Kyle's back in this game if I don't care how you get there it would be a conversation like does he need to get fired like that would be beyond devastating how are, the Raiders are going to be terrible next year guy they're going to be awful they were awful this year they have their like arguably their best player and not their quarterback is a free agent, Jared Cook. He won't be back, I'm sure. Uh, they're going to depend more probably on any rookie class than any team in the NFL, just because they're going to have three first rounders. That means probably going to have a D lineman, a tight end, and a wide receiver. That's going to be their number one tight end, their number one wide receiver, and their number one pass rusher are going to be 22 year olds. They're going to suck. They're, they are not going to be good next year. Now, could they go like six and ten, not three and thirteen? Maybe. So that probably gets you out of there, but. I don't know. Like I, I think it's probably 50-50 Gruden's in this game. Kyle, I mean, he's proven to me that Jimmy's just got to stay on the field for them to win. But if he's back, it's a major problem. Like, for me, if Gruden's back, it's not that crazy just because their team's going to suck. Now, he'd be pissed. They're going to want to win. And if you go, like, the Rams and Chargers are showing you how to move. You fucking win. You know, there's a reason the Raiders are already slashing these PSL prices because people aren't buying them. Like, they suck. Well, they suck, guy. Yeah, look, I think we overplay. Not only they suck, they're boring. You're talking about the Raiders. Like they're, they're a bad watch. Yeah. I look here. I'm just. Gonna, we've done this. But I'm going to read you guys who have coached this game recently, and you tell me, do they benefit from being in this game, or in the are they in this game because they're just flat good enough, and being in this game can't benefit them enough? Okay. Bill O'Brien, Vance Joseph. All right. Bill's still kicking around. Hugh and John Fox. Not no. Gus Bradley and Jason Garrett in 2016. Jason surviving. Gus Bradley and Ken Wisenhunt the year before. Nope. Gus Bradley and Mike Smith the year before that. Nope. Dennis Allen and Jim Schwartz the year before that. Nope. Leslie Frazier and Mike Shanahan the year before that. Nope. Marvin Lewis, that was 11, so Marvin kept it going for a while. And Chan Gailey. I mean, we can keep going. Jim Schwartz and Tony Sperano. I just, it's. I, it's think, I think Marvin's a good example because I think if you look back at 11, that was right around the time where Carson bounced. They went all in on a rebuild, and then boom, they bounced back. Remember, yeah. they traded for a couple first-round picks, and then they reloaded, and they never sniffed this game. Can Gruden do that? Can, and for Shanahan, it's the same question. I mean, like you said, yeah. how many Gruden Kyle's coached? rebuild's a little different, though. Like, they already have the quarterback. I mean, obviously, the Raiders technically do, too. But, like, they're, they 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 have, like, one pick around, right? Like, I, they might just stink. Like, I, I don't even know... I think Kyle's a good coach. Like, can he go nine and seven as a head coach? Hope he can for our business, but fuck, I, I don't know. Well, yeah, I have nothing right. to tell me the that he can. Not like, being I, I in know this, this game is not the measure of success, but it is a yeah, measure of failure. Gruden took off ten years. I think it was officially nine seasons, and before then, and I think you told me before the podcast in '05 and '07, like he stopped coaching. He got fired like in '08. <laughs> so it's not like he coached over the, that fifteen-year period. So like three now this season, 05, 07. So basically three of his last four seasons coaching, he has coached in this game. Like he's been like he's coached bad teams when he's been the guy running the whole thing. Now, 
is Mayock a better general manager than like he didn't really have one in Tampa? It was like Bruce Allen, but Bruce Allen's really more of a politician. It was just Gruden. Can they help him out more? Maybe. Uh, is Derek better than any quarterback that he had there? Sure. But like, I, I mean, I think both these guys, the jury's out for a little bit different of reasons. Now, Kyle's a little more tied to Jimmy. Like the crazy thing about Gruden this year is Derek played in every game. And I know he's screaming at Stephen A. Smith, but it's like, Derek, you weren't very good. You threw 19 fucking touchdowns. Now, part of it was your offensive line was in shambles, but they're the guy Gruden's picked. Like, Colt Miller is your left tackle next year. Like, it's not like, well, they just got to improve. No. The, uh, Brandon Parker was their third run. The, those are their tackles. Like, that's that's the guys they drafted. Colton was a first-round pick. Like, he is your starting left tackle. You know? So... I don't know. Yeah. I, I, no, I, don't, well, look. I, I think I think it's not out of the realm possibility that one of these two guys has a mix for this game next year. And it, it'd definitely be more likely Gruden. Because, again, Gruden's team is not going to be good next year, guy. Do you, I mean, do you think they'll be good? No. I look, mean, no. How could I predict that? I Well, just look at the division is much better. Plus, their team is just going to be really young and doesn't have any talent. And they're just going to depend on rookie players, even if the rookies are good. Like even if I tell you they draft the next a uh, Khalil Mack again and another like Khalil don't you don't remember the team Khalil Mack was on as a rookie they started zero and ten and they had Derek and Gabe Jackson and some you know that team was terrible but this team got to be terrible too I don't know if it's I can take bad. another Senior Bowl season man uh, no I can't From do it team I'll, I'll tell you this if if like if the Niners are good this year and I mean the Raiders are going to be in for a long one if they're 4-12 and 12 again. Just people watching, people giving a shit. They're stuck here, we think, you know, for another year, and then they're leaving. It's like, it's just a weird... I think Gruden knows that. Like, you got to start getting some momentum going, my man. Well, that's probably why they're throwing out stickers. I do think as we sit here today at the end of January, like, I don't feel great about the 49ers if Jimmy Garoppolo's not really good. Now, I think I, no, That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I, I'm not... Like, I'm bullish on Jimmy as a player, but first off, I don't know if he can stay healthy. Two, I don't think the talent on the team's that great. I'm not that bullish on either team. Like, I, I am more, I question before I'm, like, confident. Yeah. Someone asked me the other day on uh, one of my questions, I, I do a little middle cop mailbag section on the Three and Out podcast. It was just like, I'm a Seattle fan. You know, do you think, like, do you feel good about us moving forward? I'm like, hell yeah. I feel a lot, like, I don't feel great about Cliff Kingsbury. The Niners haven't proven shit. And you already play the Rams better. So, like, I, going into this offseason, regardless what happens, I look at Seattle like a wild card team. Like, I just, they're going to be in the wild card mix. Why? We know that. Because the guys they were playing with, they're just going to be better. Because right. think of all the young players that are like, how, how are the Niners going to be better in Seattle? Can you, could you know, can you convince me on that one? No. Probably not, right? Credit to Pete Carroll for never coaching this game. Why well, I think it's why he's you feel pretty confident. Yeah, he's a top three or four coach. I'm in the being serious. I'm being serious. Like to not even sniff. I mean, didn't even it wouldn't even get close to him. <laughs> Remember the comment last year? I think we talked about it when John Schneider was like, and this shows you how high the standard is. And I'm jealous of this. That's why it's great to be a, a fucking. Our contest was based out of Seattle. Like people would give a shit a lot more. Why? Because they're winning. They John Schneider last year was like it felt like we won two games when we went nine and seven. That was the one year they missed the playoffs in the last like six, 
And it just shows you where the standard is. And then this year, everyone's like, oh, the, look at Seattle's roster. They're going to suck. No, it turns out they got a superstar quarterback and a great coach and a culture of just tough guys. And get what happened? They won the wild card kind of easily. You know, like they, they were they kind of cruised the wild card like they were in. Oh, they're going to be the five seed like mid-December. It wasn't like, oh, week 17, they got to win to be in. No, they beat the Chiefs at home like weeks 15. It was like, right. yeah, they're in. <laughs> you know? Yeah. How are the Niners going to be better than them? I, I don't think now, how can I don't you, think it's possible. There's nothing today, you could say, because the Niners are so dependent on Jimmy, and you'd say Russell's better. So. Yeah, if I just tell you Russell plays 16 games next year and Pete's their head coach, how do the Niners finish with a better record? It'd be very hard. Yeah, I mean, to me, the argument could be as simple as if you put Russell on the 49ers, do you think they're better? Well, yeah, of course. So that's, I mean, they've got, <laughs> unless your supporting cast is better than his supporting cast, how are you going to be better than him right now? Well, the, and I'd say this so you go the NFC West, the Rams oh. are going to, what happened? <laughs> just an awful drop. Amari just had a hideous <laughs> drop in the Pro Bowl. It hit him in the face, wide uh-huh. open, hit him in the face. <laughs> Because I, I was about there. to yell, Kellen Moore doing work, and then the ball bounces off Amari's face. <laughs> Watch. Are you watching it? I just flipped it over. Oh, that was bad. <laughs> He's laughing, but that's not funny. I guess it is raining. Got to hit him in the face. Good effort there, Chris Harris. This game guy. You see the effort there by the DB. Yeah, but we both agreed we were turning this off 15 minutes ago. And, here we well, were I, and I did, but you kept watching. <laughs> Sorry. Can you make your point. Uh, you see Jason Garrett not happy. Uh, what was I even saying? Uh, uh, oh, oh, okay. So when you look at the NFC West, you go, well, the Rams, even if Suley's, they're going to be good next year. Clearly, they're going to be really good. Seattle's good. So the, the, that division, fucking two playoff teams. Let's go to the other AFC West. Who's going to be really good? I don't know. The Chiefs. I mean, the Chiefs are going to be good. If anything, they'll probably be better because their defense can't continue to be this shitty, right? And who else is going to be good? I don't know. The Chargers? I mean, they, they got a lot of dudes coming back. Those those four teams, like, I feel pretty confident that three of the four are, like, locked playoff teams next year, if not four of the four. Like, the, the, that might be four of the better teams in the league. I'd say Seattle's probably the worst, but they've proven, like, they just kind of win ugly. And they just, they'll get to 10-6. and six. The other three teams could all be, like, 12-plus. You'd say, yeah, I'd say the Chargers, Chiefs, and Rams, between the three of them, you're bound – at least one of them is probably going to be a 12 or 13 win team. Probably have another 11-ish, you know. Maybe one as a down year, 9 and 7. Like, those are three fucking good teams. Chiefs have the highest upside because but, their defense hasn't been good. The other teams are just solid. Well, and part of this, too, is like uh, – even if you're Rams not win- in the Super Bowl right now. Yeah, I also would say even if you're not winning divisions, like are you just a better – even if these other teams are better and you can't get around them, but are you just better? Can You you know what I mean? Like there's also that element. Like fine, if you can't get around the Chiefs, you can't get around the Seahawks, that's a, that's one thing. But just be you be better, and that's – at least that's entertaining. Like that's the other thing with the 49ers. They got a stadium to fill. Obviously, the Raiders are going to have a stadium to fill in theory. So – winning divisions is one thing, but just do do the, the little thing in between, which is just be better. Like the Seahawks aren't winning a division, but they're, they're just better. They're good enough that they matter, that they're relevant. Be relevant, please. Well, I'll give you an example. This Watching this Farmers Open right now at Torrey Pines. Ty, you know how tight you know Tiger's back? Because he didn't get close to winning. The winner, Justin Rose, probably is going to win this at like 16, 17 under. 
Tiger finished at nine under par. Maybe it was eight. But it's like, okay, he's just like, he's down, he's rusty, whatever. He's just back. Like, he's in the mix, you know, making cuts. Like, exactly. I'm going to get some Tiger. We're going to get multiple Tigers this year, hopefully a couple majors. We're just like, damn, turn on the fucking CBS. Tiger's second off going down the home. Like, I'm getting that. That's yeah. all we've ever wanted. Exactly. We don't, I didn't need him to win to show that he was back. If you're just competitive, then I know you've got a chance. You know he's back now enough where you're probably going to get five or six weekends this this season in 2019 with like Tiger's got a legit chance to win it or in the lead over the weekend. That's all I want. And all I want out of the football teams that I talk the most about, which I know for the Raiders is not even realistic, so I'm not going to want that because I, I just you just look at the way they're built. Like they're not going to be good. It's not realistic to think they'll be, even be competitive this year. And when I say competitive, like maybe they'll be better, but like – just going to depend on way too many young people to make the playoffs. I do think the Niners, just if Kyle is a legit guy, has been around longer now. Like, right, this year three, they just coached a fucking senior ball. They should have an advantage. They got a bunch of money. They got smart people doing smart shit in theory. Like, it's time to kind of shit or get off the pot and just give me a 9-7 and seven season. Yeah. Like you said, I don't need you to even make the playoffs, but can you give me a Tony Romo? I'm a winner get in on week 17? Because I'd sign up for that right now. If you uh, told me, John... You can sign up right now for a Week 17 game against Seattle, win or get in, or take your chances. Maybe they win the division and you, you're at fucking wherever the Super Bowl is next year. You and Haberman are recording live. I'd be like, I just, I'd sign up for win or get in. Yeah. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by mybookie.ag, promo code HAM. You go to mybookie.ag, use the promo code HAM. MyBookie matches that first deposit by 50%, which means if you put in 100 bucks. They'll add fifty. You put in three hundred. They'll add one fifty. You put in ten. They'll put in five bucks. Whatever it is, you go to mybookie.ag. Use the promo code Ham, and uh, get ready. I mean, this is the week to do it. The Super Bowl is here, John. So many props. I was looking at Brady's uh, over under yards. I think is three eleven and a half is Tom's uh, over under yards prop. There's so many things. What are you I think at I right like now? the over there. Yeah. Uh, I actually just clicked on golf. The majors okay. you can get Tiger right now nine to one to win the Masters, but I, I the Super Bowl's you know present, so we might as well look at that again. The one thing that I like the most is the MVP. Tom Brady's odds have already gone down. If you like the Rams to win it, like if you like the Patriots to win it, Tom Brady's the guy probably. But if you like the Rams to win it, like could Gurley have a bounce back? He's ten to one. I'll give you another sleeper. What if CJ Anderson has just been playing well these last couple of weeks? Why couldn't he have? What was it? Dominic Rhodes. Remember the. Uh, the running back for Indy, did he win the Super Bowl MVP or they kind of gave it to Peyton even though he didn't deserve it in 2009 or uh, 2007? I think Peyton got think it, but Peyton he didn't deserve got it. got it, yeah. Like, to me, Goff doesn't have the butt. Like, Peyton had been, it's been a long time coming. Like, C.J. Anderson, if you told me he ran for 150 yards and has three touchdowns in this game, like, he could win the MVP. Like, Goff is just a guy. Now, I think Goff could win it too. He's plus 240, so you get him like two and a half to one. Uh, here's your here's a run of some of your uh, Super Bowl MVPs in recent history: Foles, Brady, Von Miller, Tom Brady, Malcolm Smith, Joe Flacco, Eli Manning, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Santonio Holmes, Eli Manning, Peyton Manning, Heinz Ward, Dion Branch, Tom Brady, Dexter Jackson, Tom Brady, Ray Lewis. I do think like the Malcolm Smith one, blowouts are scary because blowouts a random guy could make some plays. If I remember correctly, didn't Malcolm Smith have like a pick six and he ended up with like seven or eight tackles. So it was just hard to like 
who do you give it to? You know, in a tight game, it's probably favor the quarterbacks because one of the quarterback is going to make a quote unquote big throw. You said, uh, did you say Santonio Holmes? Yeah. Yeah. Obviously had the sweet catch to Ben, right? Yep. Must I would imagine if you had to guess what Santonio Holmes line was in that game, like <laughs> stats. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, it's a good question. I'm going to go with, um, what year was that? Uh, buh, buh, buh. 2008. Yeah. I was going to be mad. Let me see here. I can tell you without looking at the, uh, without looking at the stat line, I'm going to go with the uh, 11 catches. It was 2009. We had the big catch, right? Um, but I, that's not enough, right? No, not generally, unless it's like a 13 to 10 game. But I'm going to go with, uh, what I say, eight eight catches for 115 and a touchdown. Yeah, he had nine, 131, and that touchdown. And the touchdown that mattered. And 131 is a good, good line. But, like, Larry had seven for 127 and two. Like, Larry had a pretty good game. If they win, he wins, right? I mean, he, he's arguably the greatest uh, playoff wide receiver ever. Even fucking the guy, Anquan, had eight for 84. I mean, uh, Steve Breeston? I don't even remember this guy. Preston. Had six. Do you remember that guy? Preston, yeah. I six think. for 71. I mean, Kurt Warner guy. Jesus. Kurt Warner was 31 of 43 for 377 and three touchdowns. I mean, that's a that's an inc- underrated and underappreciated Super Bowl performance in a loss, guy. 31, 43, 377, and three? Through the pick six right before the half. That hurts. I mean, but it was wild. It was like, I mean, that was one of the weirdest pick sixes. Was that one of the great plays in Super Bowl history? Yeah, because didn't that? It was like one of the longest plays. Like, I don't mean it was obviously longest in terms of yardage, but it just went on forever. It wouldn't end. Remember Larry ran out of bounds and chased him down? That's right. Like, are you even allowed to do that? Don't they throw your hat? Like, uh, you it can't depends be- if you got pushed. Did you come back in right away? Yeah. Did he score or did he get down to the one? No, he did score. He scored. Huh? Uh, he's almost feel like he's a little underappreciated. He was pretty good at his I, peak. I agree. You're talking about Larry. I'm talking about uh, Harrison. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. Too. Like that was a pretty – If can you imagine if that play happens in like the social media age? I mean, that's a 500 million straight tweets of OMG, right? I mean, that would be nuts. That was wild. I remember when it happened. Everyone's jaw hit the floor. I think I was at Pat Hills for Super Bowl party. Oh. It's almost 10 years ago. That's 10 years ago this year, 2019. That's right. 2009. Uh, all right, Senior Bowl. I actually I watched more of that than the Pro Bowl. Um, I did watch it thinking, like, am, am I supposed to be judging these quarterbacks? That was my thought watching this game. Does this matter for them? Because if it does, I'm impressed with nobody. Uh, Daniel Jones, I was shocked when he got the... I wasn't following the box score play-by-play, but he got the MVP at the end. I remember him making a couple throws that I just went, ugh. But am I supposed to judge you on a couple throws? Well, if you like him, you're going to have to defend it. Like, in a draft room. If you were a Daniel Jones guy, the uh, the argument would be like, why does his arm look so shitty? And then you're going to have to argue it. (laughs) And I'd say all these guys look like... The little bit I watched here and there... Jones' arm looked terrible. I just will. I watch Will Greer. He doesn't have a great arm. Drew Locke's arm's okay. None of these. Like the best arm I saw in the game, and this guy's not. It's McSorley. Can kind of like throw some lasers. They're just kind of going all over the place. But he's, you know, six foot, just kind of a little gunslinger. 
Yeah. Uh, as texting a buddy in the league, I'm like, what's up with the quarterbacks? He's like, they're all average. I mean, there's not a first-round guy in the game. Drew Locke, so, he doesn't – Gruden loved Drew Yeah, Locke. I mean, I – I don't know about it. the one I, I watched Drew Locke play like twice this year. I I never came away like I watched Will Greer and went okay. I get why Will Greer is like Mason Rudolph. Let's just say that's kind of your comp. Like he's not a great arm guy, just looks the part, really productive. But look at Mason Rudolph this year. Could not beat out Joshua Dobbs for the Steelers, and they drafted Mason Rudolph pretty high. You know he could not beat him out. Couldn't didn't dress on. They kept three fucking quarterbacks. Because clearly they wanted him to beat out Joshua Dobbs. Now maybe they tell you, listen, we we just want the best guy. It doesn't really matter which one. But in, you can't tell me that you just used a third round pick on this guy. You'd want him to be better than Dobbs, and he wasn't clearly in their eyes because he didn't beat him out. So I think it, it feels like they're all kind of Mason Rudolph. He looked the part. Arms not as great as it should be. They're like you know the classic Matt Cain, where they're huge, but they only throw like ninety one. Which again, if you're pinpoint accurate, is fine. But I, I don't like my six-five quarterbacks not to have a great arm, unless you're just unreal at, with accuracy, like a Rivers or something, you know. And I, you're right. It's you know the the timing and everything in these games is not going to be great. So you can't you can only put so much stock there. But you do see just the arm strength and the arm strength on all, most of these guys that I saw look shitty. I, I now listen to you talk. I do wonder if. Um... It's just set up for like the game is set up, I guess, for somebody who's willing to go make a play, go make a play just because you've only had a week. So it does have this backyard element. So maybe it does set itself up for receivers that can just go go get a ball like Hunter Renfro um, or the UC Davis guy or David Sills who had a nice. Well, you know where else it sets up, guy? It's like the lines like that Washington State tackle. It's pretty good. Andre but it's Hiller, like yeah. you just get to go one on one pass protection in a live game environment. The fucking offensive tackle from Washington State, his name escapes me. But Andre I've, Andre Dillard, like he's got a chance to go pretty high in like the second round, maybe even late first. You just go in pass protection. That Montez Sweat that's going to go top twenty from Mississippi State, six six. He knows they're passing you one on one at like fifteen reps of game film in a game. Like that's you know you Hunter Renfro versus the number one senior nickel corner. Like you, you fucking full go. To me, it's more about those guys and the quarterbacks because you can. It's easy to argue, oh, the timing was off, whatever, and that's fine. But all the other positions are fucking full go, full pads, full tackle, let's rip. And I think that when I was reading, and it looked like he was kind of, the Washington State guy was stoning Sweat, who, you know, is 6'6", he had double-digit sacks in the SEC, he's going in the first round. And if you think about it, like, if you're arguing for, what do you say his last name is, Dillard? Andre Dillard, yep. Like, if you're going, okay, I really like Andre Dillard. I think he's a first-rounder if I'm a West Coast guy. Well, okay, who's the best player he played against this season? Well, there weren't very great pass rushers in the Pac-12, so his just competition is not going to be great. This was his chance to really make a lot of money, and he did. You know? Right. Like, I already knew Renfro, and he's going to go. I mean, not high, but I mean, I'd say what round Hunter Renfro goes, I'd guess like fourth. Well, this is my question with him is, is what is the Hunter Renfro equivalent at quarterback is is his equivalent at quarterback a starting quarterback? Because in the NFL, it's, you can, it's impossible to do that. I think. Yeah. So, well, here let me. I'll just finish because he's like him. a fourth or fifth wide receiver yeah, on a team. Exactly. Teams. That's which is my point. Like, I'll finish the thought, which is a 
we just look at everybody differently than we look at quarterbacks. A quarterback, we look at and go, are you a starting NFL quarterback? Receiver, it's like, can you be the fourth guy on my team that can make a few plays, make a few catches, smart enough, you can play some special teams, you're tough? Because I watch him going like, I think he's tough. Um, obviously, he had a good career at Clemson. So that's va- that's valuable. Like I don't, if you're going to look like a backup quarterback or a third string quarterback in the Senior Bowl, you're just not going to look very good. And that's I don't doesn't fire me up. But a guy that could I could get mid late can be my third or fourth fourth receiver, play special teams like that does excite me because you can make a few plays. Quarterback doesn't work like that. Well, the other thing, if one of these quarterbacks goes in the first or second round, you know Daniel Jones or Finley from NC State or whoever the guy is there is going to be pressure on him more than likely to play next year, right? Like Mason Rudolph got a little, like he got drafted by the Steelers, so you're not going to have to play. Like what if you get drafted by the Jaguars? Like can you beat out Blake? Like there's a quarterback competition, right? What if you get, I guess the Cardinals wouldn't draft you. I I guess there are also just a lot of teams that have quote-unquote quarterbacks. What if you get drafted by the Giants? Well, you're not going to beat out Eli more than likely. So I, it's actually probably not a bad year for a lot of these guys who are going to get drafted on teams that have quarterbacks, besides like three or four, Doesn't it if fit? you don't go in the first round. Yeah. Guys just end up playing, though, somehow, yeah. some way. They, they, find they do, because guys get hurt, guys get traded. You know, I, I saw there might, like, look for Tannehill to be gone in Miami. Dalton might be gone. It says, like, there could be a huge turnover and just moving chess pieces. Now, it's, some of that's, you know, moving de- you know, deck chairs on the Titanic or whatever, <laughs> but that does open spots. And and if I get, let's say I trade for Andy Dalton, if I'm like the Redskins, and then I also draft Daniel Jones in the second round, Dan, unlike the Bengals who were tied to Andy Dalton forever because they used a high draft pick on him, he was their guy. Once you acquire the guy, you're not quite as tied to him like the team that drafts him. Right. If I just sign him or trade for him, and if I, especially if I'm able to trade for him for not much, an example on a lower level, like last year with the Cardinals with Bradford, it was like whatever. We overpaid, but he's benched, you know. So it's just it's it would like it's easier when you're the quarterback been drafted by the team to hang on longer than you should, like the Tannehills, the Daltons, those types. It's also easier when you don't have like in the end the Cardinals are like, well, we have Rosen, so let's just spend the money. We're fine. It's whatever. We'll just move on. We're happy that we have Rosen. We're so happy about that. That overrides how mad how disappointed we are to spend this other money. The Dolphins have been trying, like they. Kind of. No, yeah, you're right. He got hurt. That's why they brought Cutler in. Not really trying. Yeah. Well, I'd give the Bengals a little more credit. Like, they drafted AJ. Now, a little later, but, like, he was their backup. But he was never better than Dalton. But I don't think if, like, AJ would have balled and proven he, like, they would have moved on. But he couldn't. He just couldn't beat him out. Right. You know? So... I, what I'm fascinated by, and again, I'm a little biased here. I think so are you, even though I didn't go to school there. It is pretty cool to see the Davis guy, and he's pretty good. Like, he's getting drafted. As a buddy texts me, like, his 40 time is going to determine a lot. But one thing with the smaller school position players, you go, okay, this guy's been kicking ass at Davis. Like, his stats, multiple, like, 100, like, Antonio Brown level seasons. I think it was like 111 and 128 catches the last two years. But it's like, okay, well, he's been doing – he's at Weber State and Cal Poly on the schedule. What happens when the Alabama Senior Bowl corner checks him or the dude from LSU or the dude from Kentucky or the dude from Clemson? Well, he clearly made plays all week long, and then you go, damn, this guy can hang. Now the big thing, and whether this is fair or not, because clearly he plays fast, but his – like if he runs a 4.68, 
he's fucked. <laughs> and I mean, he'd still get drafted, but I mean, you kiss the second day goodbye. If he what runs other... a four five two, can we be talking like would the Niners take him at pick thirty six? One other note, John. He had thirteen catches for a uh, hundred and six yards against Stanford this year. And they have a good defensive back, right? Backs. But yeah, they're just a you know you feel yeah. a little better about it. The kid's a player. Keelan just to, Doss. Keelan. I'd Doss. say just to get in, just for him to get invited means that people were talking about him like a second day pick. Just what they think about him. Now you can go there and kind of go one way or the other. He clearly made himself some money. Watch, and play. I think that both these two teams. It's not crazy to think that he could be on either team, especially when DJ's comp is like. And I kind of saw a little bit just watching some clips. Saw Keenan Allen, like a bigger, longer, not a speed demon, but just a playmaker. Poor man's like kind of Anquan Bolden, Crabtree, like that type player. Like you have no problem taking that player in the second round, right? Uh, Draft watch party at Senior Froggies. (laughs) I mean, it's a big deal. Like you said, the one thing in all seriousness for the stickers, like it's a really big deal for UC Davis to be seen in that environment. Like, I get it means nothing to SC or Clemson. It does mean a shitload to Cal Poly, to UC Davis. Yeah, well, yeah. And I even if you are USC, like, I just, to me... Yeah, it it still means something. It's a big deal because you use it. It's, I mean, you're being coached by Kyle Shanahan. It's a big deal to be in that game. Uh, You mentioned Alex. I'm going to miss the year Smith. Or you mentioned Washington. Alex Smith here. Uh, What are they going to do? Like, because they... Fold? Well, can they pay, like not here's their the, hand the franchise? Here's the thing: if you're them, let's say Nick Foles becomes available, you're you're, you're the money you're spending on Alex is getting spent on Alex. <laughs> so I don't think Nick Foles is going to be if he's if he becomes available, he's not going to be cheap because he's got you know he could make twenty plus million from the Eagles this year. So if you know we start talking about him being a Jag or him whatever, like there aren't that many guys out there. They're not cheap. You're kind of screwed if you're them. And you Alex agree is going to Nick Foles, and you have options. That would be arguably the last one you'd want to fuck with, especially having seen it firsthand. Yeah, I, but I also just think that he does just want to be a starting quarterback. How many places are going? But yeah, but yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, Jacksonville's a better option. Um, See Elizabeth Warren's coming after Snyder for his yacht purchase. Wait, who? What? Elizabeth Warren, the chick that might run oh, for president, oh. that claimed she was an Indian that's not actually Indian. I thought you said Horn. That she's doing, she's doing, yeah, she's doing a million, ultra millionaire tax. And her example was him buying, even though Jerry did the same thing, actually a more expensive yacht. He also bought a yacht, and the big thing was he needed an IMAX thing in there. And she was just, she's going after this ultra millionaire tax. I, I thought, let me get out on the ocean so I can watch my IMAX theater. That's baller. I guess you can watch the Super Bowl on that thing. Get out on the yeah. water. Uh, by, by defense of Snyder and the ultra millionaire taxes, he was taxed on the money that he purchased the yacht. And then you typically, when you buy something, pay this thing called sales tax. So then you're taxed on the purchase. Can you go buy it in the Caribbean? What, how does that work? Once you import I don't know it, where he buys once you dock it, but, it in America, uh, yeah. what do you think of the Alex Smith? Uh, I mean, gosh, I, you know, I don't think anything, anything's really changed from the initial thought, which was, I don't know if he's ever going to play again, but what do you think of just well, the situation they're in? According to Spot Track, and again, the NFL contracts are really confusing. The dead cap this year, you know, because they're not going to be able to cut him, even though his career's more than likely over when you see that picture of him at the Wizards game. I mean, it's, I've never quite seen anything like that on an NFL player, like that thing apparatus on his leg. 
it looks like a guy that was just in a head-on collision, the guy that thinks that they have on your head, on your leg, <laughs> you know, when they just want to keep your neck erect. Like, it's, it looks just, your kind of heart drops for him. Like, God, that's that sucks. $42 million dead cap. I think it speaks Ooh. to that when the Chiefs traded for him to them, like, I, the trade was not that crazy, right? You're like, okay, they need a quarterback. They're going to move on because they're going to go with Mahomes. When the contract came out, it was like, what are they doing giving them this much money? Like, couldn't you have given them, like, what was his leverage to do this deal? And I get it. He was probably almost undervalued with the casual guy like me or you. Like, yeah, he's, he deserves some money, like 15 or $20 million a year. But they gave him, like, guaranteed at signing guy was $55 million, And the injury guaranteed was, like, $71 million. Like, he wasn't that good to determine that. It speaks to the contract was just ludicrous. You know? It was crazy. And again, I'm not trying to... Don't... Middle cop, don't you count another man's money! Get some of that... Get that every once in a while on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, no. But it's just... His value... Like, that's just a crazy contract for him. And then the worst case scenario... Like, if you tell me... I just struggle with this one, but if Jimmy Garoppolo's leg snaps, his career ends midseason... Like, at least the way they structure the contract, I think his dead cap, I actually have it up right now, for 2019, let's say he plays three games, leg snaps, is $13 million. Okay. And we'd all agree that at the beginning of last year, if you could have Alex or Jimmy, everyone in the league would have taken Jimmy. Like, Jimmy's just a more talented player. How do they set up a contract like that? And Washington sets up a contract like this. It's insane. When Alex didn't have any leverage. He was getting kicked out of his former home. It's one of to those me, it's you the just con- don't... like it speaks to like God. Why are the, the Redskins? No wonder they get a lot of shit because they just do dumb shit. Like this is in, in this day and age with the money we understand. Like the way it's crazy. That's a bigger I, deal to me than the it does feel like tax you, or the name of the franchise. Like they're idiots. Well, you just kind of do these deals thinking I, with that position. It feels like people just think like you know, is it really going to be an issue, right? Because you would prefer to do a short-term deal than a long-term deal with Alex. But it does cost you on the other end. You'd but, prefer to not be tied in for five years or six years. Fine. Well, but yeah, it's cost but he was something. So he was going to be a free agent this year. So they're like, oh, we want to extend him or whatever. I get it. But I'd say any smart team would be like, you can kick rocks before we're giving you this type of money. Like Tom Condon took them to the shed. Well, I mean, you worst case scenario, Alex, you're great. We'll franchise you. We've done it before. We'll do it again. Right. If I got to franchise you at $23 million, you're my starting quarter, I can live with that. I, I I can't allocate $42 million if something terrible happens. It's just a, you're not good enough to be put myself in that position. I can do that with Rodgers or Russell, not you. Yeah, and I do think we do have to – it's probably fair just to say you just think about what that organization had just been through with their quarterback. I mean, they created it with Kirk. But they but they refused to give him any contract like this. I, well, I know. But I, I, I know. I No, I, I know. I hear you. Well, they, they, one of their selling points. That's the irony is that at, for several years they had the guy, if he had gotten hurt, they would have been fine. <laughs> That's the deal they were doing was they would have been fine. The first, the moment they do the deal they didn't want to do, the guy gets hurt. Well, I think Jay Gruden and people around the team were selling everyone or they were selling like to the media. They thought Alex was an upgrade. So that's why they didn't feel as like lose as much sleep over doing the deal with him. They just thought he was a better player than Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. And I... I mean, we might be pulling hairs here, but now you could argue like 
if the same thing had happened to Kirk Cousins, this the Redskins, or excuse me, the, the Vikings, it would be like, God damn, you shouldn't have given them that contract. Right? Yeah. We we could be having the same conversation at even a crazier level because he got more money. I, I just think it speaks to, would you rather just not have a quarterback than pay an average quarterback overpay him? I, I probably would. I get job preservation stuff, but I, I'm just I would never I mean, be in the business yes, but of then just overpaying think about, a bad quarterback. Yeah, I, not ba- bad. Yes, wrong but word, just think about average. like where the Broncos are right now. Like, are they better off with an average quarterback that gets paid too much than the situation they've but been see, in? But see, to me, his his contract's fluid. Like, they're not really stuck. But he's not. He's also not good enough to win. I mean, but I, I could, I'd put him on the lower lower end of like once you start allocating like seventy plus million dollars to a player, like they basically guaranteed him twenty million bucks case. And I'm saying, but he's I, not but good I hear, enough. I know what you're saying. Yeah. I, I could live with doing that. I could ne- uh, basically well, just overpay on the short term. Yeah, you live with him, but that now he's your quarterback, and how good is that? You know. But it never holds you back from making a move. Like the Vikings can't draft a quarterback. Right, this year, right, right. You know, it's true. But it, are there any workable move? Like, what are we'll find out? Is there a workable move for the Broncos that gets them the quarterback they need? I mean, maybe they got to identify that guy in the draft. They got to be right. But until they are, they just don't. They're not good enough to even to compete for a wild card. Yeah, I, don't, I, mean, I don't it, think you're, you're screwed. You know, yeah, you're, <laughs> you're you're in a shitty position either. A shitty situation either way, but you have more wiggle room when you're not financially tied long term. Yeah, I think the the opposite of that position is is where the uh, Warriors are right now. At a time when the NBA, you are so dependent on your superstar doing what you want them to do, which is sign with you. They've got Demarcus Cousins, and they can basically treat him like he's not a superstar in terms of playing time, and it'll be up to him to decide if he can handle that or not for the rest of this season. Uh, that just that aside for a second though, the Celtics is that the, is that the finals you want? Warriors Celtics? Uh, yeah, I'd rather have that than the uh, than the baby dinosaurs. Uh, the Sixers, I I wouldn't be opposed to the Sixers. I just think the Celtics would get give us the Garden. Um, you you could give me a five game series that felt like a seven gamer. I also think. What do you mean with Boston? Well, I I just think the games could be really close. Yeah. Like the Warriors might just blow out the Sixers, right? You know, I also think the one guy in the league beside LeBron that truly, and I guess maybe Dame in there too, that looks at the Warriors like I can beat. Yeah, him. if I was on their team, I'd be their fucking alpha too. I'd be their best player. Is Kyrie? And I guess Iguodala tweeted after the game. There was one play where it was just like, oh my god, how did Iguodala not block that shit? It was just incredible. Yeah, and he's like, bro, there's nothing I can do. It was like the best defense of my life. And he's just, he is a freak, Kyrie. He's a weird cat, but he is, he is an unstoppable offensive force. Well, but th- there aren't for that the, many for people. For the Warriors, the Warriors have no answer. There aren't that many people on earth that have beaten them. Oh, yeah, he's the one. It's two, like him and LeBron, right? You count Chris Paul uh, circa 13 no. with Mark Jackson in the dark suit? I don't. Yes, I wouldn't either. No. There's two guys. James came close. Came close. Katie, came, yeah. Katie Chris came close came with close. Russell. Right. Kyrie's one guy that just goes, yeah. I've done it. I've done it. I hit the shot. Yeah. They 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 dialed it up for me. Yeah. Because I'm a better shooter than uh, 
that power hungry guy they that's balding in Los Angeles. <laughs> you see, he wants uh, Luke gone. I know. Yeah, I did see that. Shot stunner. Uh, <laughs> Shot. I, and I did think the other thing about that game was just Demarcus is obviously really good, but when it comes, if you're playing the Celtics in the NBA Finals and it's winning time, he's not on the floor. I don't think. Where is he? On the bench, watching the game, having contributed See, yeah, whatever. That's going to be interesting. I, I like they they are force feeding him the ball, not force feeding him, but they are active to get him involved, which they've never been with a big like this because they haven't had one. So it'll be interesting in the playoffs. Like, because at the end of the day last night, whether they won or lost, it didn't mean shit, right? They were having a good. It's cool for them to be in an intense game, but they know better than anyone. It means nothing. So it's like, yeah, just get Boogie the reps in these type games. It changes when it's June. And you're like, we ain't losing the playoff game, right? So you're right. out, Boogie. And is he cool with that? I don't know. Because right now it's been a cool balance. Like, he's getting – it just feels like a pretty smooth – like, he's going to get 15 and 8, 17 and 9, you know, 14. and But it's like he's a part of it. He's starting. And he's kind of fucking up on his own, like getting stupid fouls. Like, hey, Boogie. In big games, you, you can't just be like throwing your arm out there, you know, in the middle of the second quarter and pick up your fourth foul. This we play smarter than that here, so it's a learning experience for him. But he's eventually like he's going to be cool with just getting yanked off the court. Now he he should be because I say, Boogie, you just keep your mouth shut, win a ring this year, you'll get a lot of equity, you know. But he's still good enough where he's thinking like, in his mind, he's like, I'm Steph and KD's equal. Right at my position, like I'm the best big guy in the league. I've come in, yeah, off an so, Achilles, and I fit right in. So, th- so there's a few things to me that's the beauty of this situation is like uh, he's still good enough to be somebody's one of somebody's best players. Like to be higher on someone else's hierarchy than he is on this team's hierarchy, right? I think like when he's healthy, he's not fully back, but I think he's still good enough that someone else wants him to be their second best player, which he's not on the Warriors, and he won't. So, so, what, what, someone easily should have given him like a two-year, twenty-five million dollar deal just to have his rights for next year type thing. I, I'm watching him thinking like, how did no one? And I think it speaks to like he was such a toxic personality that that fucked that situation up. And it is pretty an Achilles for it's just pretty scary. You don't have a long track record of guys of his size coming back from injuries like that. When that stat you gave me about Zion that he'd be the second heaviest guy was Boogie the heaviest guy in the league? No, Boban was. Like, how is Zion heavier than Demarcus? What would you guess Demarcus weighs? Two eighty. I mean, especially now. Yeah, maybe it's sixty, right? Yeah. 275? Is that, <laughs> he's one of the heavier guys in the league for sure. It says he's 269, so 270, and, and Zion is 284. I mean, is there any chance if Boogie hopped on a scale right now, he's not sniffing 280? I don't know what that weight is. Is that pre-injury or post-injury, whatever? But, yeah, he's... Um, but I think it's a great situation for the Warriors because they don't have to cater to him, but they are so good that they're also not scrapping for every game right now. And they can just kind of see, just see what he's all about. But in the end, he, I don't think they're at their best when he's one of the five players on the floor. Um, he can't help them, but like I said, if they're playing that team, game seven, if he even gets that far, is he playing 35, 32 minutes? See, I think they can be pretty dynamic with him on the floor. I do too. I just, like, he, there are limitations to him. Like, the whole th- this whole thing's been built on players who can do everything that everyone else on the floor can do. And he doesn't fall into that category. 
God, I mean, it, it rendered. I mean, Jordan Bell's career is like, welcome to the bench. <laughs> like, think about that. McKinney is basically a rotational guy now with Boogie back. Yeah. It's like the backup big is Looney. And McKinney kind of just does this hybrid role <clears throat> with Iguodala and Livingston. That's pretty wild. If you would have told me a year, I just would have been like, oh, Jordan Bell's just going to mature into this like 15-minute kind of role player and be a really good one on this team. He doesn't sniff the court guy in a game that's close. And you wouldn't even think about going to him. That, But like his value in some of the – a game where you're switching a lot against a team like the Celtics or just – I mean, most teams operate like that, right? Like he, in theory, should be more equipped to do what Boogie can't do, but you're not going to play him over Boogie. Right. That's the thing about having some name recognition. Like, I ain't fucking, this guy ain't playing over me. Because he's not better, even though he does do certain things probably better. And the most, just like, move his feet. Not that, Steve's like, I don't even give a shit. Yeah, Steve just doesn't like Jordan Bell. This is, well, that's the other thing that's amazing with them, right? When you're that good, you can just, you don't have to overextend anybody. And I mean, just like, you don't have to play somebody because you have, because you have to play them. You don't have to. But I, but I also think, like, one thing's going to be interesting, big picture, I don't think Boogie's guaranteed some enormous deal at the end of this year. I don't either. You know, so I, I don't think it's inconceivable. I heard our buddy Dickinson and Steinmetz on the Saturday show driving to the gym. Like, and J- Dickinson was like, it's not that crazy if no one's offering him like four for 100 at the end of this year and KD were to leave. Like, I'll fucking, I'll come back with Steph Clay and Draymond. I'll get my numbers, more numbers. We'll win. And then you'll be like, okay, this guy can be a key cog on a, you know, and get even more credit. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not just going to sign another one-year deal with some shittier team, even if it's for more money. I'll just stay with where I like. I've already made a lot of money, and then I'll get my big deal. He now, would, he would that, I, that's where I'd argue, like, okay, if you're the Lakers, Portland, some of these teams, offer them like a two for, you offer them something where you get multiple years, even if you're not maxing out, but way more than the Warriors can offer. Like, that's on the leak. That's why I do not blame the, like, how, I'm watching him last night. Thinking, but again, John, if, if, if someone else, but this is the this is what I go back to. If he's your second best player, are you good enough to really compete? Now, not everybody gets to really compete, so maybe that's okay. You're going to be pretty good, and that's all right. Depending but I'm just on saying, if you already have the infrastructure, like Portland's already got a couple good players. If you got yeah. LeBron, you're already going big game hunting for other players. You just like, well, eventually he'll be our third or fourth. But just get him. Just but, acquire the asset. I'm just saying, if you're going big game hunting, how much how much more are you really paying him? Yeah, to me, it's just about having him like get him for a couple years. Now he'd be like, I don't want to do that, right? Yeah, neither did anybody else, right? Nobody wanted to do that, which was stupid to me. Like someone should have taken a flyer on him. Yeah, again, like I think it's different. Him on the Warriors is different than him on another team where he's your second best player. But like on Portland, he'd be their third best player. Okay. I mean, what is he on the Warriors right now? Mm, their fourth best player. Uh, kind of fit. In a certain category, uh, right? Iguodala, but again, yeah. Yeah, but like, yeah. is he one of their closing five? Yeah, no. <laughs> so. I enjoy watching him. Uh, yeah, me too. I love it. It's one of my favorite his, things. His one negative, right and you could see where it would be a problem if you didn't max him out, and he was one of your one or two, three best players. And let's just say your team was good. Like, you had a well-built team. It's like, hey, DeMarcus, you get way too many fouls, right? Like, stupid-ass fouls. Like, he can get... He can get into foul trouble, I'd argue, faster than any player I've ever seen. Well, if you're For that good, big good player, can't should I be able to defend on you? Depend on you to defend somebody else's big, big? Was he always like that in sack? Just get dumb fouls? Uh, yeah, 
I think so. I think so. I mean, I not all. Yes, I think fundamentally he he just found himself in foul trouble great, pretty consistently. Yeah. Unless the times he was yelling at refs was his only foul of the day, which I don't. Think Wouldn't you was. say what's crazy too is like he finds himself in foul trouble, but he's not like an aggressive defender. So it's like, oh, this happening a lot. Well, right? it's a great point. Like I think there are two types of guys that get in foul trouble. There's, I mean, there's two types of bad defenders. One who never touches anybody, and but if you're kind of a, if you're like not Draymond a or Chris defender, Paul or something. Well, no. So I'm saying, like, sometimes you can look at how many guys that commit fouls that don't commit fouls, they just don't defend anybody. To me, those tend to be perimeter defenders that don't defend anybody. On the like interior, Rudy, like Rudy Gay or something. On the interior, if you're a bad defender, you do get caught in just a lot of situations where you're reaching, where you're out of position, trying to box out, go for a rebound, you're over somebody's back, you're trying to take a charge because you're in between. You know what I mean? Like on the perimeter, somebody goes by you. It's like there's just one guy out there. But on the interior, if you're more an interior defender, if you're a big guy. And you're not 100% on defense. There is a lot of just contact down there. Yeah. So. I agree. I, I, I've enjoyed the boogie experiment. And I knew I would, but it's it's fun. It has been. It's been I'm, I'm, gla- I'm glad he's in my life. That's same. All right. I'm a fan. But he is he is a flawed uh, player, especially in this day and age. You know, it's like at the end of the day, basketball, more than it ever has been, is kind of a track meet now. And he is the opposite of a track player, right? He's a discus thrower or something. And it's just like most teams, they ain't playing a traditional center. You know, they just ain't. Not in this day and age. Yeah. Like even Embiid, like he can run. Yeah. Horford. You know. Horford, yeah. is, of da- Horford is well built. All right. On that note, Super Bowl week. Godspeed. Barry's, B-E-R-R-I-E-S dot com. Promo code HAM. Click on the microphone, then promo code HAM. And you want to gamble? Go to my bookie, promo code HAM. Get your gamble on. Later. Peace. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.